welcome Sandra Ray to our podcast on relationships. <laughs> so um, I read this ode this morning, and it was called "On a Gray Day," and it was basically about how sometimes we feel in the doldrums, and even though our life might be going okay, sometimes we have a gray day. And how do we respond to that? So it was interesting, uh, some of the comments people made on on my ode uh, WhatsApp group. Oh. Um, one was from Barbara. Good morning, Marcus and all. It is a gray day and cloudy day here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh. Your ode was important. It acknowledges that gray and cloudy skies may persist in coming and covering us, filling us with doubt and gloom. Your ode also reminds us of our birthright. Joy is ours. Claiming it, choosing it, remembering it is easier some days than others. So, you know, I we've been together now for over 12 years, and I can honestly say um, that I very infrequently see that you're having a gray day. In fact, I'm not even sure. I don't even think you have gray days. <laughs> so I, I've never seen you in the doldrums. So how, what is the secret to your pure joy that you almost always have? Well, I've been thinking positively almost all the time. And if I have a negative thought, I immediately change it. Um, also, I like people, so I enjoy the work. I get a lot of joy out of the work we do with people. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of decide I'm going to feel good. And, uh, I, I, well, I, lately I've been asking for Christ consciousness, and that's been really working. Yes. But, you know, there are some of us like you who are kind of naturally happy all the time. And you were probably like that as a kid, weren't you? Or, yeah, I think I was. Uh, I mean, so, and your and your parents had made this agreement to never have arguments in front of you as children, so, um, and they didn't. So you grew up in a fairly uh, peaceful household, would you say? Right, except my father was always sick, so it was kind of sad, you know. So um, I had to... Um, go outside to get some joy when I was a kid. I went outside a lot and played because inside I was sad about my dad. And maybe because of that I, I had to work hard to overcome that so I didn't get depressed. Um, so I, I didn't have the easiest childhood. I, I mean, I, it was nice my parents were never arguing in front of us when, they, when he was healthy, but when he was sick there was a lot of sadness, you know. So I could have gotten stuck in that. Well, I mean, thinking back on my childhood, I mean, it was happy in general, but my my parents did have these upsets, and sometimes they did argue. And I remember sometimes as a child feeling down, mm -hmm. feeling kind of uh, sad about the whole thing. And uh, so I think we do uh, carry over some of those habits of mood into our adult life. And sometimes it's uh, kind of right there in our face, you know. Mm -hmm. 
And even though things may be going well and our, you know, all the bills are paid and work is going well and you know we're not arguing. We har- we hardly ever have an argument, if ever. And if we do have a disagreement, like you say, we we do one of our processes and and come to the highest thought. We do the highest thought back and forth, and we resolve it. But you know, some people out there um, may like to know well, if I find myself in the doldrums. What's the best way to get out of it? Mm. So what would be some practical things you would suggest to them uh, uh, to well, get out of I it? I would tell you that they should write down all their negative thoughts and, and look at them on paper and get them out of their body. That would help. And, um, and if they really are stuck for a long time, then they need to get a breathwork session, liberation breathing breathwork session with us. That would help. Uh, doing the things they love, they should know... Um, what they love to do that would make that makes them happy and do it right yeah if it's a hobby or you know and hopefully they're in a job they love but if they're not then they should consider getting a different job um right now though some people are just jobless so i think that they probably are depressed and i wouldn't blame them so i think if um if I was in that situation it would be a bigger challenge and they would have to do some spiritual work because I don't know what else would work if you were really uh, stuck right now in this quarantine and you couldn't work and you didn't have much money. I noticed today I read some people are surviving on $200 Mm. that they get from the state, and that's all they have. So they really have to probably do extra work on themselves to to stay happy, you know, and they have to really decide that they're going to be happy no matter what. Well, I know, you know, when this great sequester started back in March, we were a bit thrown off. Um, We were slated to go to India, and we had about 20 people lined up to go. So we had to totally shift gears and, you know, refund a lot of the funds that we had received. And, um, okay, so that was that. But then we also had our whole future... Uh, kind of uprooted. We had planned to go to Europe and do our tour and so forth like that. So that was out, and we had to start converting our our programs to online programs. And, you know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because we did things uh, that we probably wouldn't have done had this great sequester not happened. And <coughs> those those actions started to be successful and you know we had people on uh virtual programs virtual mm-hmm. workshops breathes we had more clients one-on-one clients so i think the the thing with our energy was we've always had this <coughs> this thought that babaji gave us work is worship and idleness is death right. so can you say a little bit about that like how it's good to be productive and that this can get you out of the doldrums yeah i think working is very um wonderful therapy for anybody and um you feel productive and you feel valuable when you're making a contribution so um you know even 
volunteering if you can if the job would be good to go and volunteer and do some kind of work out there in the world so you're not just sitting around and um, so work is worship was a wonderful statement that Babaji made <laughs> and, and what he was talking about is you know you're if you serving humanity through your work you know you don't, you could have a project that you um, are offering to the world or you could have your own work where you're being paid as a form of worship, which means you're adoring the humanity, you're serving humanity, and everyone that comes to you during the day at your job is part of your missionary mission, you know, part of your ministry, I meant to say. Mm-hmm. So if you see it that way, work becomes fun no matter what your job is. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember growing up, my mother uh, really loved to sew, mm-hmm. and she really loved to work with her hands you know she was an accountant but when she wasn't doing that she she really loved these projects you know and I I remember there was a quilt that she made for my sister and it was this complex pattern called the cathedral pattern and it took her years to finish it Um, and it was all sewn by hand and it was almost like each little panel was like an origami, you know, that Japanese right. paper folding. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. with the fabric, she would have to fold it and sew it, and it made these sort of uh, circular uh, patterns. And then all these little panels she sewed together, you know, at the end. And this this thing took her years to make, but... Mm. Um, she always had this sense of being productive, mm-hmm. you know, like if she wasn't working on a job, uh, she was doing some kind of a project that she liked. And I, and I think that that helped her, uh, you know, ward off the doldrums or ward off the mm-hmm. gray day. Mm-hmm. So, but I think there's quite an opportunity here in this great sequester for people to really look at what is it they want to do? What is it they like to do? Um, like we're kind of always busy with some creative thing that we like to do. So we don't really have time to stay. If, if we're in the doldrums, it doesn't last very long because we move on and we have a lot of things that we're doing and reaching out and writing a book or painting a picture or doing something on the internet with people that uh, we work with. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the key is work is worship Mm -hmm. because we spend our days doing something and that's our work. And that has to be something that uplifts us. So, um, how do you see that? Well, I hopefully everybody could create a life where they felt uplifted by their work. That would be the ideal. So, uh, like I'm saying, if you find your job boring, you, you have to change your attitude. You know, um, you know, you can either, as Amaji says, you can grin and bear it, which is no fun, or you can complain, which is no fun, or you can try to change the external, which maybe doesn't work, but. The fourth way is changing your attitude, and that would be the solution to everything, changing your attitude. And it's like that lesson in The Course in Miracles, I'm willing to see this differently. Mm. You know? Yes, and, yes. Uh, so, 
if you do have to go to a job which you don't think is too much fun, you should try to change your attitude and, and get nourishment from the people that are come to you and your colleagues. And, um, yeah, it, it's about your attitude, isn't it? Yeah, you know, uh, recently we had a breathe in Australia and also the U.S. It was for the U.S. and Australia and New Zealand. And we had, I think, something like 56 people on it. And uh, that's a lot to keep track of because they all registered uh, for this breathe. And I was the one keeping the spreadsheet for all the names and their emails and so forth. And, you know, it's tedious kind of a job keeping uh, a spreadsheet for that many names. But what I did was I kind of turned it into something that I really enjoyed because I liked seeing the people. Like when I would get the name, I would get the registration, I would put them on the spreadsheet, I would put their email on there and their their mobile number, and it became like I was relating to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, they weren't just a name on a spreadsheet. I was actually connecting with them, uh, and it was a spiritual kind of a practice. Mm. Oh, I have a new person who's going to come and breathe with us, and I, you know, I would look at their name. I would kind of send them prayers. I would, um, you know, to hold them in a kind of space of, of gratitude. Uh, and it became a joyous thing. Where, whereas before I might say, oh, damn, I got to do this spreadsheet. It's going to yeah. be a lot of work. And, you know, so I think it's all like you say. It's like, can you change your attitude and can you see something differently? So just in me turning that into kind of a little holy practice... Mm-hmm. It turned keeping a spreadsheet into something very spiritual. Mm, right. So I think that's one little thing that people can do if they find themselves in the doldrums is kind of make an inventory of all the things that they're doing now. And if some of that doesn't bring you joy, then see if you can turn it around and see it differently in, a, in another light. And I did that with the spreadsheet, and it really made a big difference. Right. Till I almost couldn't wait to check my emails to see if mm. there was somebody else I could add to the spreadsheet, you know. Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I read this book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I think that got me off to a good start with relating to people. So if if a person needs more comforting uh, way to relate to people, I would suggest they even read that book. It's an older book, but it really makes you feel you can really connect and get a joy out of connecting with people. And here's how you do it. You know, it's all this. I don't remember the details, but I I know it worked. (laughs) Was that a Dale Carnegie book? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, How to... How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, yeah. It's an older book. So, I mean, if you're not feeling a lot of joy from relationships, I would suggest you read that book, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think joy from relationships is really important. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think this is enough for people to take it and run with it. And, um, yeah, because I think what came up for me today was because I read this ode 
it's a gray day and here it is a gray day in yeah. Washington mm -hmm. and some people are feeling a little bit of the grayness of this great sequester and uh, we want to be here to pick ourselves up and pick up other people around us too. Okay. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you.